Yay, yay! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that dressed up as each other for Halloween. You know what? I'll take it. That was, that was I didn't dress up as anything else. So. It was better than expected. <laughs> You're a hater. And this is part two. We're coming at you with the last six games and your Twitter questions. Stay tuned till the end. The Brodo Fantasy Podcast begins now. So this is the part where I remind you that we do have two episodes. And in order for you to hear both, you have to play both. So go back, press play on that week one if you have not yet. We go over the trades. We go over the first seven games. Now we... We're going to do six games here, and... A bunch of Twitter questions. Then we're going to do a bunch of Twitter Twitter questions, so... Got a good amount. Yeah, we got a good amount of Twitter questions, so we're going to get those in. Also, remember, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter for your game day Twitter questions. We answer every single Twitter question that comes our way, um, every single one. Also, uh, BrotoFantasy.com for our weekly rankings. They're up there. Our waiver rankings are up there every Tuesday. Uh, YouTube.com slash Veterans Minimum for the waiver wave. That's my waiver show on YouTube. Um, you know what I find interesting sometimes? I'll get a question at like 1.03 p.m. And I'm, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to answer it. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to change your lineup right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, some people like play like that. Uh, but those, uh, no, those, I don't want to be those people. All right. So let's go to the next game. The Steelers at the Ravens. Uh, Steelers at Ravens. This game always ends up being a slobber knocker where no matter what like the matchups are or what how good the offenses are or whatever it's always a close game that comes down to the wire that's usually in the 20 point range so we should keep that in mind when this when we're talking about this game let's start on the Steelers side since they're the ones on the road uh Le'Veon Bell still not in practice which means James Conner is a running back one again even against a Ravens defense who have been killing the running backs uh do you agree with me that that James Conner is that running back one so, I mean, just obviously, it's James Conner, who's been better than Le'Veon Bell, all you Le'Veon Bell truthers out there who don't want to believe it. So obviously, Right now, he is on pace for 2,000 yards from scrimmage and 20 touchdowns. Yeah, which Le'Veon Bell has never done. Uh, the Steelers are going to face Baltimore on the road. This is, It's Big Ben's kryptonite going on the road in a non-primetime game. The Ravens are... A just just a top notch defense. They did get beat last week pretty badly by the Panthers, but I think that says more about the Panthers than it does the Ravens. Defense. Yeah, I think the Panthers they just they give them fits. The, in their first meeting, James Conner only scored seven point nine half PPR points. They also fared very well against the Saints duo, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon. So I do expect James Conner to have a better day than seven point nine fantasy points. But I'm not loving his uh, prospects going into this weekend. I think he's more of a 12 to 15 points than a 20-plus points as we've been accustomed to of late. Speaking of James Conner, I want to throw this out there. This is a crazy theory that I have that no one else in the fantasy community seems to be preparing for. Uh, Or in the regular community, I think there's a good chance that even... When Le'Veon Bell comes back, James Conner remains the every down back for the Steelers. We've seen this before. 
The Steelers last last year with Martavis Bryant, he requested a trade. He held out for a little while. He comes back. He's not happy. He makes noise, and they bench him. And James Conner is their future. This would pro- this is this is like benching Jameis Winston for Fitz when you know Fitz is gone at the end of the year, and James Conner is going to be your future back. I just don't. It's becoming more and more hard for me with the production that James Conner is giving them to see a scenario where Le'Veon Bell, on a team that, by the way, never splits carries, always has a primary running back, it's hard to see a situation where Le'Veon Bell comes back and becomes a fantasy-relevant player. Yeah. uh, I just I don't see a scenario where Le'Veon Bell takes a snap for the Steelers this year. I just don't. They, After you, everything that's I happened. swear to God, Michael, me and you are the same. On the same, I I think they sign him and they let him rot on the bench for the rest of the year. Or like he just comes back and decides he doesn't want to play either. He just wants to get paid. Either scenario, I just I don't see Le'Veon Bell having any sort of impact. I've felt that way since like week four. Jason, I don't really know. I mean, but I'd bet my money on Connor. So us three, were we are not. Like the the fantasy community assumes that when Bell's back, he's the he's the running back. I don't assume that at all whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. let's con- let's continue though. Um, out on the outside, a- Antonio Brown is an obvious play, even though he's playing Jimmy Smith. Uh, Jimmy Smith has not allowed a lot of uh, touchdowns to Antonio Brown in the last two years, so that is something to so, keep in mind. In certain scenarios, I like to look at the past because. You know, it's not always relevant to look at the past or small sample size in football, but when you're talking about a guy who's played Baltimore every year for his entire career, Big Ben, A.B., you can do that. Uh, let me start off with Ben Roethlisberger. He's only thrown two touchdowns in Baltimore twice in his entire career. That was 2004. And you're referring year. to this on the high end. I mean, on the low end, not the high end. So not as opposed to three touchdowns, as opposed to one touchdown. Yeah, two is the max that he's right. thrown. And then... It's in 2004, his rookie year, and then 2013. Uh, there was just news that he broke his left middle finger. And he's struggled on the road for a long time now. So I don't think... The only big-name quarterback I like less than Matt Ryan this week is Ben Roethlisberger. So then I looked back at AB's games against Baltimore, and four catchers, 34 yards, 785-1, and 761-0, 790 590-0. Again, not great. He's basically correlating with Big Ben here. Right. He's had one touchdown in the last five years. Uh, hasn't passed 90 yards. So I don't love A.B. this week. I mean, it's hard to say that you don't love A.B. But I have him ranked lower than I have in the last three years probably. I have him eighth. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you here. The Ravens are still yet to allow any receiver reach 100 yards this year With that well. said, I'm going to – sorry, but – Jason, that was a long pause right there, bro. Right? What? <laughs> no, because you hopped in, but then I remembered that I also wanted to mention Juju, who his yards have slacked lately. Uh, he's being held up by his 15 red zone targets, but I think he's a back-end wide receiver, too, even though he's looking like a wide receiver one at points. Now you can go. Yeah. Uh, I got. You, I got you drink all the water that I poured for myself. Like I said, the Ravens have not allowed a 100-yard receiver yet. They're only allowing 150 receiving yards, two wide receivers per game. So I'm definitely tempering my expectations for both of the big two receivers. Big Ben, I'm not coming anywhere near him in one QB leagues. Uh, I just I don't see this being a good offensive day for the Steelers offense. This week, who would you rather have, Philip Lindsay or Juju Smith-Schuster? 
Philip Lindsay. Lindsay. The rest of year, who would you rather have, Philip Lindsay or Juju Smith-Schuster? Juju. Probably Juju, but it's a pretty good comparison. Would you say if someone offered you Philip Lindsay for Juju Smith-Schuster, you'd highly consider that, especially if you need a running back help, right? I wouldn't do it. I probably... I'd rather have Juju. I'd rather have Juju, but it's not a, like a an atrocious trade. Did you offer Lindsay for Juju and got made fun of or something? Yeah. Yes, I did. MP likes to screenshots my trades and then send them to the group chat so everyone can laugh at me. And I'm like, yo, if you think it's a laughable trade, then you're a laughable guy. There's a reason why they don't have a yearly fantasy long podcast. <laughs> now, nah, MP knows what he's doing. He's 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 good at it. So well, they get shit on you, but I can't shit on them. That's true. Why are you backing him up? <laughs> I'm just saying. Fuck you, MP. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Vance McDonald, three for forty-seven last game. He's been uh, he's been a good tight end, uh, especially in a weak tight end landscape. I'm starting him this week, and I'm pretty confident in it. All right, so stay with me here. The Ravens are middle of the pack in fantasy points against this year for tight ends, mm-hmm. but the largest percentage of their yards has been to tight ends. So basically, what I'm saying is they're a very good defense, but the largest part of what's being happening against them is from the tight end. So it might not be much, but that's the position you want to attack against Baltimore. Yeah, it's, it's why, like, McDonald is a low-end tight end one this week as well. Not not really scared about that matchup for him. Yard, uh, only 71 yards per game in his entire career against the Baltimore Ravens. It took me long enough to pull that up, only? honestly, Mike. That's solid for Wait, a tight what? end. I'm talking about I'm talking about Antonio Brown. If you would let me finish just now, Vance McDonald's gonna have seven one seventy one yards against anyone. I mean, maybe ever. Only. It was super uh, random. I was about to say it took me long enough to pull it up, but those are Antonio Brown's numbers against. I mean, I went through his last five years and they haven't been great. Oh. Antonio Brownicus. This is in uh, with 158 targets, 16 games, so a full season's worth. So let's put it this way: He's played 16 games against the Ravens. He, they're seven and nine. He has 94 catches for 1,149 yards and four TDs. This is in Baltimore or just against This Baltimore? is against Baltimore in general since the beginning of his career. In Baltimore is more important. Obviously not. Uh, sure, but obviously. I'm just saying because it's worse. Obviously not Antonio Brown numbers. The numbers I went over were just in Baltimore. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's definitely something that we should talk about. Let's talk. Uh, anyone else on the Steelers you want to mention? No. Not really. Okay, let's go over to the Ravens side then. Uh, the Ravens, oh, this team is hard to figure per out. Per usual, week. Joe Flacco is not really right? fancy. Like, relevant. remember when people were trying to say he was good? And I mean, I was one of those people. Fuck you. Michael would say no. I, I, not fantasy-wise, but I think Joe Flacco has a chance to be Alex Smith. I still think he does. Sometimes you just need to use logic. I think that's logical. No, logical <laughs> is Joe Flacco is a below-average quarterback. I mean, he wasn't playing like that until last week when he did. I, I, I have, I have trouble with the Ravens. They look great one week and they look like they can't beat anyone the next week. That's why they're four and four. This is this has been the Ravens' mo the last few years. Except this is the most talented front team that they've had. Anyway, uh, Joe Flacco. We'll forget about him. He's not playable. On the other hand, though, Alex Collins, eleven carries for four nine yards in a touchdown last game. Um, how are you feeling about Alex Collins this week? I think the Ravens running backs are becoming, with the addition of Ty Montgomery, an even bigger backfield to shy away from. Uh, Alex Collins is touchdown or bust. I don't think you could trust Buck Allen this week. I don't think there's any way you could trust Ty Montgomery this week either. The Steelers have one of the best run defenses in the game. They've only allowed three rushing touchdowns on the year. So I don't like any of them, but 
obviously Collins is the best play of the three. Yeah, I have Collins as a flex play at best, but I'm not loving him either. <coughs> um, all right, I mean, so I'm going to hop into the pass catchers because last week I mentioned good. that it's been a little predictable when John Brown is going to hit his blow-up spots because he's a big guy, big play receiver. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I think I did, that I would sell high on him. He's not someone that uh, I like the rest of the year. I feel like his blow-up spots have been predictable, and I think that this is another week where he's going to disappoint uh, Pittsburgh has been great at limiting deep completions recently. And the last time he played Pittsburgh, he had three catches with a long touchdown, 81 yards, I think, and a touchdown. But it was only three completions on around seven targets. I just don't see it happening again. Uh, three completions is not something I'm banking on, especially when it's a defense that has been good against the deep pass lately. Joe Flacco is not a good quarterback. He's throwing it deep more than any quarterback, and his completion percentage is the worst for deep passes. Yuck. If you have Willie Sneed in a PPR league, I think you're pretty happy. He has like the, the straight 10 baseline. Full PPR, he's a full part, decent full flex PR. play. Yeah. Straight I mean, 10 baseline. I like John Brown better than Jason this week, though. Last time he had a dud performance, he came out and put up seven receptions for 134 yards and a touchdown the week after. Uh, it's a pretty solid bounce back spot. The Steelers are giving up. They're top five in the league in fancy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. They have been better of late, though, holding the Bengals and Browns to less than 160 receiving yards from the receivers. So it's not like it's an easy matchup for John Brown, but I do think he has a solid game as a wide receiver, too, this week. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? I well, mean, we got to mention Michael Crabtree. MFLC. Medium floor, low ceiling, Michael Crabtree. He's going to score between 8 and 12. Have fun with that. Good <laughs> eight and twelve. More like six and ten. Ooh, <laughs> it's a big difference. The Los Angeles Chargers. It's a big difference though. At right? the Seattle Seahawks, well, like if you're a flex game. player, it is quite a difference. You're hey, a flex Jason, player. I say six Jason, to ten, Jason, eight to twelve. Jason. Eight to twelve, you're considering starting him. Six to ten, you're probably not. Right? Jason, Jason, I mean, Jason, he's Jason. been at let's let's see, he's been at Ugh. eleven and a half, eight, nine and a half, four and a half, nine and a half, eighteen and a half. Nine, four and a half. He sucks. <laughs> Dude. Let's continue. I just, I just real quick. I just because right. you have to flex now and then too, Tim. When I tweeted, if you're one of those people who are selecting Michael Crabtree at his ADP, please reconsider your life and don't be that person. Reconsider your reconsider life. Reconsider your life is rough. Like your fantasy life. Your, your or your life. life in general. Fantasy life. Let's go with. I mean, I feel let's like go with fantasy because you, you know, average draft if position you, means the average. User was using was drafting him there. Yeah, and those with the average users just. Jason, I think it's uh, Michael. I think it's a little harsh. I'm gonna give you a chance to take it back. I mean, this is your chance. If you believe in Michael Crabtree, you're wrong. (laughs) You're dead wrong. And you have to know that you're you're dead wrong. Get it? Um, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Seattle Seahawks is our next game on the docket. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's start with them. Uh, in London last week. Um, now traveling back. To take on the Seahawks. The Seahawks well, defense. The Char- no, the Chargers were on a bye the week before. We're in London. Right, excuse me. Week before in London. Now off of a bye. Thank you very much. Uh, traveling to take on the Seahawks, who the Seahawks have been on a roll. We'll talk about them in just a second. But let's go to the Chargers. Phillip Rivers, uh, you're playing him. He's a quarterback one, as wow. always. Hey. Unless hey. you don't think he is, Michael. Hey. It's not that I us. don't think he is. It's just the Seahawks defense has been. A stout defense. It has, and they year, so. and they control the clock, which 
throws offensive offenses off rhythm. It's definitely not a high ceiling type game for Philip Rivers. I mean, I have him as my QB thirteen this week. So, Jason. Yeah, I have him at ten. I think that he's been too good with this many bye weeks too to not trust him unless you're able to get like fits on the waiver wire. Uh, but it could be a down week. Melvin Gordon had two weeks to get right. Um, what do you expect from Melvin Gordon in his first game back from injury? As long as he is healthy, uh, I think he'll have a Melvin Gordon-esque game. Seahawks don't give up a lot of rushing touchdowns, but luckily for Melvin Gordon, he also scores receiving touchdowns. So he has three receiving touchdowns on the year to six rushing touchdowns. He's been a lock for 20-plus points basically every week. This is probably his toughest matchup of the year going against Seattle. As long as he's healthy. He practiced in limited, in a limited capacity. Yeah. As long as he's healthy and going to play his normal allotment of snaps, he's good to go as a top-end RB1. How do you feel about Austin Eckler in a, against a defense who has Bobby Wagner in the middle and two safeties that can move? Yeah, they have uh, two very good safeties, even without Earl Thomas there. Eckler, as always, he, he doesn't have the ceiling when uh, Melgo is there because of his lack of involvement. He has to score a touchdown, really, to, to be involved. Me and Jason both had him at our, as our 27th-ranked running back, so right there in flex consideration. Let's move on to the pass catchers. Keenan Allen. I'm going to Another in. disappointing game, man. Before I get to... All right, you know what? I'll talk about Keenan Allen, and then I'll get to the guy I like. Uh, listen, Keenan Allen hasn't been great. We are just waiting for him to be better, but this does not seem like the high-scoring, high-volume game that we've been waiting for. I feel like we need that from Keenan Allen to have a PPR, a good PPR game because that was always his game, a lot of catches. He just hasn't had it lately. A receiver I like this week is Tyrell Williams. Oh, yeah, Tyrell the Gazelle. Marvin Jones just torched Seattle deep last week. If you look at what Seattle's done this season, recently they've given up over 300 passing yards to Goff and Stafford. So they've been... A little lenient to good quarterbacks. Philip Rivers is a good quarterback. So I think that with the with them giving up some yards, with the deep ball, deep ball clicking against them a bit, I think that Tyrell Williams is a good play. Yeah, I mean, his last two Wouldn't games. be surprised if Keenan... I mean, I'm starting Allen over Williams, but I wouldn't be surprised if Keenan Allen disappoints again and Tyrell Williams is a good game. In his last two games, Tyrell Williams has 20 points or higher, and he had eight the week before that. So even then, it's serviceable. What about Mike Williams? How do you guys feel about him? Never Mike Williams. Never that. Never? No, man. I don't know, man. You need at least to be facing Tampa Bay to start Mike Williams. I mean, look, there's six bye weeks. I think you could do worse than Mike Williams. I mean, he... You could also do better. He's basically been phased I, I'm not out saying of the offense. That. I'm not saying that. He caught a 55-yard touchdown a couple weeks ago, but that was his only catch on the game. So, I mean, he really hasn't been a part of the offense since his week three game against the Rams. Let's move over to the Seattle side. Chris Carson has become a running back one. Chris Carson, I won that bet. A double bet, the double entendre. You guys bet that he wouldn't be an RB20 last Definitely week. Definitely not a double entendre. <laughs> and, what uh, does that even mean? I get two points. It's like when you mean two things in the same metaphor. I just Totally not a double entendre. Bro, I just like the, the way it sounds. Sometimes you have to say things that don't make sense but sound cool, you know? Like, yo, when you're in the hole, you get fucked. Sometimes I just say things. And that I don't was, know where I'm going with that. Was, that was vulgar. <laughs> I apologize. That was weird. I'm confused. <laughs> it's yeah. double entendre. Well, Chris Carson, I don't now know, that man. that's over. I don't know, man. If you want to hear a double entendre, go to Jay-Z's music. He's great at them. 
He's like the double entendre master. So the Chargers have allowed only two running backs to surpass 50 rushing yards this season, but the Seahawks, Carson has surpassed 100 rushing yards or more in three of his last four games, and the Seahawks run the ball more than they pass the ball. So Chris Carson should be set to have another 41 solid rush attempts, none of them by Russell Wilson. I know two of them by Russell Wilson last week. Russell Wilson is breaking records out here. The efficiency from last week's game was absurd. He's thrown at least three touchdowns in three straight games, fewer than 25 passes every time. This is what Russell Wilson does. Turns up in the second half of the year. What this about, just makes it so hard for his pass catchers. How do, how do you feel about Russell Wilson this this week? Uh, Russell Wilson, I think, is a back-end quarterback one. Uh, he's playing good. He's been very efficient. That's why you have to be a little weary, but he's playing good enough to start him. Yep. He's our quarterback, tied for our quarterback 10. I mean, if week. you want to know how Russell Wilson's been doing lately, you just need to look at the stats. I mean, Tyler Lockett, last three games, eight catches, three touchdowns. David Moore, nine catches, four touchdowns. It's unbelievable. The efficiency is unreal. Uh, so speak of David Moore. 97 yards. He looks like he's taken over that um, four for 97, excuse me, with a touchdown. He looks like he's taken over that Brandon Marshall role. Uh, he's a big body, 6-2, great end zone target, uh, has scored a touchdown now in three straight games. Looks like Russell Wilson really trusts him in the red zone, kind of like a um, a red zone target, just like Brandon Marshall meant to say. I was going to say, I was going to say like, um, what's his name? Cooper Cup, but not quite Cooper Cup as because they're different kind of players. Funches. Definitely more effective in the red zone. How do you guys feel about David Moore going forward? I'm not a David Moore guy. He he what he gets he hasn't had more than four targets in a game this year. He's literally just been catching touchdowns. I'm I'm not putting my eggs in that basket. Jason. Um yeah. I mean we were just talking about the efficiency from Russell Wilson. The hardest thing is trying to predict efficiency, touchdowns on a small amount of targets. So I'm not really going to take my chances there. Although I think that you need to start taking him seriously, at least as like a flex play. He has four touchdowns in three games. I'm trying to unload Doug Baldwin, though, man. I was going to say, Doug Baldwin, another shit game. His The reason he's been so effective the last few years is because Russell Wilson throws the ball 40 times, and he's on the receiving end of at least 10 of those targets per game. Now he he's still banged up. He said he wasn't going to be 100% at any point this year. Last week he only had three targets against Detroit, like who you said is last in DVOA against the slot. And Doug Baldwin only had three targets. His He doesn't have a great schedule the rest of the season, and he just, he's not the same old Doug Baldwin, and it's not the same old Seattle offense. So I'm trying to offload him to someone who is still willing to pay for his name. Uh, what about Tyler Lockett? Don't love Tyler Lockett. I mean, he's he's doing his thing finding the end zone, but again, I don't like trusting receivers to find the end zone because of the buy crunch. I do have him as a wide receiver three this week. It's also not a terrible matchup for him against the Chargers. He's But he's going to need to find the end zone to have a good fantasy day. Jason? No, yeah. Michael said it. You just let Michael talk that whole time. Yeah, man. I mean, he... He, he wanted to say a lot of things about Seattle. Sometimes you got to take sorry. a back seat. I'm it's, sorry. It's like you're twins or something. I'm feeling um, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll mention Ed Dixon. He only ran seven routes last week, but he had two targets and a... Uh, of course, a touchdown. A monster catch. Yeah, that was glorious. Yeah. So right now, it's tough to, ju- 
uh, tough to trust as a dart throw, but keep him in mind if you need a tight end. Seattle uses them. Let's go over to our next game. Houston Texans at the Denver Broncos. Ed Dixon featured on the waiver wave, by the way. Uh, Houston Texans at the Denver Broncos. Let's start over at Houston. Speaking of efficiency, one of the more efficient games in the history of football uh, by Deshaun Watson. Crazy. Completed 16 catches, a third of those, five TDs. You mean passes? Passes, excuse me. Did I say catches? Well, he completed catches as well. That's it wasn't his catches, but he put nope, it. He nope. did it. <laughs> um, 239 yards, five touchdowns against Miami. Um, how do you guys feel about him this week? You know, sometimes you got to poke fun at yourself. And uh, last week is really not a good week to fade Deshaun Watson. Fucked up there. I mean, you weren't the only one fading Deshaun Watson. A lot of people were concerned about that. Look, when you can't be on a plane, it's safe to assume that you're not going to be able to play at your Maybe highest level. Maybe he's just level. scared of snakes. <laughs> so many snakes on this motherfucking plane. Oh, my goodness. I've <laughs> <laughs> actually never seen that movie. Me neither. I just, I just know about it. I can tell because you were really off with the way that you said that. <laughs> All right, so say it. How's it going? I don't do something about these motherfucking snakes <laughs> on this motherfucking plane. The only reason I know it is because it sounds Stephen A. Smith? I've never no. I mean, it sounds better. I never heard it. Sounds I just seem like you know. Gif. Not, that's how I know it. Stephen A. Smith. I said you sounded like Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Obviously, Stephen A. Smith. Like stay off Samuel the weed, but snakes. All right, let's get back. We're, we're losing it here. Um, Deshaun Watson. How do you feel about him against the Broncos? You know what? I'm not conceding defeat just yet. I think that he's more of a back-end quarterback one. I have him at nine. If Denver does anything good, it's get to the quarterback. If Houston does anything bad, it's let people get to the quarterback. I, they've been a lot better the last couple of weeks. There's been a lot Not of necessarily. They've just gotten more run-heavy. They've run 55% of the time. True, true that. That helps. So, yes, it does help. So that's why I like Lamar Miller. He's back as a RB2. High-end, you could argue. Um so I don't love it for Watson. He's going to have to be efficient again in order to have a very good game. I have him as a back-end quarterback one. I think that it's a good game for uh, Lamar Miller. I agree. Uh, Alfred Blue, 15 carries as well, just to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Will Fuller, unfortunately, is out for the season. Uh, so that should open up a lot for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you're obviously starting DeAndre Hopkins. So let's talk about the question that's in everyone's mind that we talked about a little bit. We touched on in the first episode, but... Demarius Thomas in this uh, game specifically, and again, if you want that yearly outlook, go to the first episode and take a listen. Um, but for this game specifically against the Broncos, uh, which he did, he only had to switch locker rooms, very convenient for him. Yeah. Um, do you think he has a chance to do work against his former team right off the bat? You know, I wanted this to be a Kiki QT week so that people could like people are gonna get off him because. Demarius Thomas came, so no more QT. But he's seeing Chris Harris. Toughest call in, toughest block uh, in Denver. So QT isn't a great play. He's also dealing with a hamstring. Toughest block? I don't know. Whatever. Strange words coming out of that guy's mouth. Right there, toughest corner. (laughs) So he's not uh, a great play this week, but I trust him more than Demarius Thomas. We're talking about a guy who hasn't had success in two years, really. He has to learn a new playbook, and I mean that's about it, right? It takes hard to get. It takes time to get acclimated with an offense. It also takes hard. 
<laughs> I don't know what I'm saying right now. Yeah, you want me to start speaking? Because I'm I'm just confused now. Go for it. Mama. I'm not trusting DT. Thank Basically, you, Jason. That yeah. was concise, <laughs> to the point, and logical. I'm not Michael, trusting DT either because it's his first game on a new team. He's a shell of his former self, and it's not going to go well. All right, so let's go over to the Broncos. Uh, are you considering streaming Case Keenum at quarterback? Oh, you have to stop asking. Look out of here. All right, so let's go over to <laughs> Philip Lindsay then. 18 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. But the Broncos don't like having workhorses. Devontae Pooker, nine carries Pooker. For, for 78 yards. Had himself a good game also on the receiving end. Against the Chiefs, Tim. Four for 23. Phillip Lindsay, three catches for 17. So this looks like two-thirds backfield to Phillip Lindsay. Does that mean Devontae Booker is someone you could start if you're in a pinch against uh, in these bye weeks? You know, Houston is also has... Not also. Houston has been one of the, if not the top defense against wide receivers, fancy wise this year. So I think this once again is going to be a Philip Lindsay t- style game. I have him as a low end RB one, and uh, he's been one of the most efficient running backs in the game, as well as one of the most electric running backs in the game. And I don't see why that changes this week. Uh, the Texans give up receiving. Yards attack to to running backs as well, receiving touchdowns. So I think this is a solid week for Philip Lindsay. Devontae Booker more of a lower endish flex play in my opinion, though. Yeah, Devontae Booker is a he's the pass catching back there. So as long as Freeman is out, Lindsay's going to be getting the large majority of the groundwork, and that's something you want on Denver. Um, let's talk about Cortland Sutton. We talked about his yearly outlook again on the first episode. Let's talk about his weekly outlook. I think you have to start him this this week. Yeah, I'm starting him uh, pretty confidently. If you look at his last five games, three catches, 51 yards, 218 and a touchdown, three and 58. I said 358 first time. 351 the first time. Uh, 128 touchdown, 378. So he basically has had like a six-point floor the last five weeks. That's with DT playing. Uh, if you add a few targets, DT, you're losing seven targets a game. If you add... Even three or four of those to Corlin Sutton, that's going to like double what he was seeing. If that doubles his floor, you're up to a double-digit floor game for Sutton. As I pointed out, uh, the Texans are one of the best defenses against opposing wide receivers this year. So I think people are very premature on the Corlin Sutton bandwagon. It's not like he's just going to step into this ginormous role with this great quarterback. There's still going to be... If his role is combined with DTs, and that is a ginormous role. But he's just not just going to become him and DT. Like, Kareem Jackson has been one of the best cornerbacks in the game this year. He's probably going to be on... Uh, he's not... Excuse me. He's not going to be on Sanders because Sanders is in the slot. So, I just, I'm just i not that high on Cortland Sutton. I think he's more of a lower-end wide receiver three play this week. Uh, what about Emmanuel Sanders? He should get a bump up from the, the absence of Demarius Thomas. I guess so. Uh they play different positions again. Sanders in the slot, so I don't think. I mean, it's more the targets. The targets guy. You go know, somewhere. Tim. I have the new Madden now, uh-huh. and uh, they added the in the depth chart and shit. You could even set slot wide receiver as a position. Wow. Yeah, okay. the, you could slot wide receiver, sub nickel linebacker. Uh, they have Some crazy shit. Power. But I guess who got that from like you? Like a power back for you, Yanni. You know this. Can't you just let me guess. He <laughs> texted you asking if I have Madden. How do you know that? Because he told, told us. us. Oh, okay. Why would you even try to guess them? That's just stupid. Well, who were we talking about? Because I had something to say. 
who knows? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> oh, Emmanuel Sanders. Something I heard that is a little uh, concerning. Uh, some rumors that when Deshaun Hamilton uh, is uninjured, he might slot in slot into the slot a little bit, which isn't good for Sanders. I think obviously they're preparing for the future there already. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? Uh, We're Jeff all good. Huberman, uh, ba, ba, ba. Yeah, oh yeah, Jeff I like, Listen, I really like Texans defense again this week. Uh, I was all over them last week, and they disappointed. Only ended with four points, but they should have had twelve. Man, that Brock Osweiler backwards pass fumble thing that was ruled an incomplete pass was one of the biggest jokes I've ever seen in my life. It took away. It would have ended with twelve points. It was just so frustrating. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. It is the Rams and the Saints in probably the game of the year so far this year. Woo! Let's start on the Rams side. Uh, the implied total right now is 60 points. Oh, yeah. Let's might, get might crazy. 60 points. So, let's again, let's talk about who we don't like in these games because we like everyone. I think Jared Goff is a really startable option. The Saints are giving up the most points in the league to quarter, uh, to quarterbacks. Um, they're giving I think up the, the Buccaneers most. are ahead of them. You know what I wrote here? I wrote Saints are the best rushing defense in the. Doesn't matter, Todd Gurley. I was gonna say this I is think it does a matter huge a Test bit. for Todd Gurley. Yeah, they, they haven't allowed a single running back to pass seventy rushing yards or sixty receiving yards. That's Saint, that Saints front seven is an underrated group. They're very fast in the linebacking core and they're very strong up front. Well, first off, uh, Davenport, their rookie, just got injured. Uh, that's out. not good news. But even with that being the case. Who cares Todd Gurley? Because Todd Gurley's still going to see his work in the pass game to be a running back one. What I like about this is that Jared Goff is now a strong quarterback one in my eyes. Because I've said in the past, he's not someone you could trust as your every week quarterback because Todd Gurley has such a red zone prowess. But when you're playing a team that's so great against the defense and bad against the pass, this is a time where you could fire up Jared Goff confidently. Yeah, uh... I mean, Marshawn Lattimore has not been his same self this year. And even with that being said, you got P.J. Williams and Eli Apple around him and Ken Crawley, who's been nothing like he was last year either. And you got the trio of Cooks, Woods, and Cup. Robert Woods is actually the second or the third-ranked PFF wide receiver this year behind Thielen and someone else I'm blanking. But he uh, he's a very good receiver, as is Cup, as is Cooks. I think they could... I think they all are going to be your wide receiver twos and better this week. Cup, rumors that he's going to come back. And yeah. could not have picked a better time because the Saints definitely give up the most points to the wide receiver. Especially in the slot. Oh, baby. As a Cooper Cup owner, I'm happy. Same. P.J. Williams. Uh, P.J. Yo, let me kill you. My favorite play of the week, though. Favorite play of the week. I'm firing him up if I have him. 25th receiver, I think. Cooper Cup. Trey Cooper Cup, Ooh. I have like 10th. Traquan Smith time, baby. I've basically said he's slotting into the Ted, into the Ted Ginn role. He's just a younger version of Ted Ginn. But when did we use Ted Ginn? We used Ted Ginn when the Saints were at home. Home, home, home. home. That is exactly home. right. The Saints are home. It's supposed to be a shootout. It's a game against a uh, defense with a few injuries on the outside. Couldn't ask for a better matchup for Traquan Smith. I think that. I mean, if you have him on your team, this is the week you've been waiting for. Yeah, Marcus Peters and Troy Hill, the outside cornerbacks for the Rams with Tlaib out, have both been pretty awful this year. Marcus Peters has been really bad. Uh, 
And Nickel Roby Coleman, who plays this slot, has actually been very good. So Is he the nickel? He's the nickel. So, I mean, he's, he's going to be going to the outside of Thomas and Smith. So, I think it's a great I th- spot for I want to see how many well. targets Michael Thomas gets in this game. Because it's been concerning his lack of targets. That's true. The, once Ingram came back, the Saints reverted right back to what they were last, last year. year. They, uh, they've been the highest rushing team. With that said, I don't love Mark Ingram this week. Uh, I haven't really loved him at all since he came back. I think it's pretty clear that it's Alvin Kamara's backfield. Uh, Ingram is now a touchdown-dependent player, and Alvin Kamara is out-touching him 10-2 in the red zone. So when you have a touchdown-dependent player who's being out-touched in the red zone, what are you left with? I mean, I still have him as a RB2 higher than you do. I have him as an RB2 at the moment, 21st ranked, so back end. I do expect this to be quite a shootout, and uh, he's still he's still involved in the passing game as well, and he gets his fair share of touches. He had like 15 touches last week, so he could definitely be efficient on that amount of touches. Anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? Uh, ben Watson is mm. probably one of my favorite. He is my favorite fill-in tight end, really, for people going through by tight ends here. Blues. It's shootout potential game, and the Rams allow over four receptions and 65 yards a game to tight ends. So if you slot in Ben Watson and he gets you five receptions for 70 yards, you're going to be very happy about that. Also, if Cooper Cup doesn't play, Josh Reynolds is a wide receiver three this week. If Cooper Cup doesn't play, Josh Reynolds is definitely interesting. Okay. Yeah, see, this We actually, uh, I thought this game would take longer, but. I guess not. I mean, it's, it's basically one of those games everyone. where you got to start everyone. It's it, yeah. you think it'll take longer because you're excited about all these players and they're all good plays, but sometimes it takes less plays. This is Sorry. like they Bills versus Titans. They should have flexed this to Monday night, yo. Titans, Cowboys, Monday Except night. Except opposite, yeah. Like this game is so much better than Titans. The fact Cowboys. that we have to, I could even use that as an example. We're gonna get through Tennessee, Dallas super quickly because they're all scrubs. Why do we have to watch that on a Monday night? Unbelievable. Yeah. Patriots, uh, Packers, and Patriots at the Patriots. Um, last week, Green Bay was one Ty Montgomery fumble away from maybe winning that game and Aaron Rodgers having a game when he come back, but he has an Aaron Rodgers game. Uh, he went, he did Aaron Rodgers things last week. Not actually not really an Aaron Rodgers game. I was, I was a little What's his off name on that him? one. <laughs> oh, Aaron Rodgers is his name. He oh. could have had it, but he didn't. Instead, Aaron Jones, 12 for 86 with a touchdown, uh, he gets even more of the backfield now. Ty Montgomery is out. Michael Aaron Jones season is upon us. My you boys. can't hide your bonus. SZN season. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. I traded in a league that I'm stacked. I have a stacked team. I traded um, Emmanuel Sanders for Aaron Jones and Carryon Johnson, and it looks like they're both starting to break out, and it's glorious. After the bye week, where Brandon McCarthy said, Mike McCarthy, excuse me, said that they looked into. Looked into stuff more and are going to make some changes. Aaron Jones came out a madman, getting over 60% of the touches for the first time this year. Totally outworked Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery. Now Ty Montgomery is gone. There there are rumors that Jamal Williams is going to be more of a third down guy and Aaron Jones is going to be the featured back. Even though Williams took a... Scored a touchdown. He only played 13 snaps. Yeah, so... Only four carries. This, this week is going to be very telling for me as an Aaron Jones owner because if he does become the guy who plays 70 to 80% of the first team snaps on an Aaron Rodgers offense and he's super dynamic he he's like top 5 in a bunch of PFF 
elusive categories and things of that sort. Good player. Never so he goes could down be, the first hit either. He could easily become a t- uh, running back one in my eyes if he becomes a workhorse for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Devontae Adams is an absolute stud beast. Uh, another last 133 week, yards. Yeah, but last week he, he didn't find the end zone, which was frustrating for five catches for 133 yards you're yeah. taking that but they weren't they weren't giving him the ball enough in my opinion either they were the wide receivers in green bay were uh interesting last week the way they put i it think all that's the thing to watch not Devontae adams allison scalding and cobb scantling not scalding it's a different because geronimo allison everyone liked him and then one reception for 14 yards on his comeback randall cobb four for 40 and eh. Scantling had the touchdown, but Cobb barely played. Yeah, Scantling yeah. played way more than I have Cobb. The, uh, Devontae Adams played forty snaps, had seven targets. Valdez Scantling had thirty-one snaps with five targets. Geronimo with thirty snaps and one target, and Randall Cobb with twenty-four snaps and five. And targets. that's concerning because MVS was Cobb's replacement in the slot. So I think I want to watch this game to see what the distribution is going to be like again, whether Allison and Cobb were just being eased back in after being injured or whether uh, Valdez Scantling is here to stay. It reminds you, in order this week, I like Allison, MVS, Cobb. But all of them are just flex plays. Yeah, I'm like I said last week with Randall Cobb, I don't see how you could possibly trust him. Even Cobb isn't even a flex play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams, of course, and then... Yeah, I'm okay with Allison and Valdez Cantling as like lower end wide receiver three flex flex plays. Uh, anyone else on this team you want to talk about? Jimmy Graham. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Graham. I mean, Jimmy Graham went locked into a mid tight end one ending basically every week. Yeah. So that's what I really got to know about Jimmy Graham. Let's go over to the Pat side. Tom Brady uh, had a pretty bad game against Buffalo until the end. Uh, Forty nine. 29 for 45. Uh, let's not waste your time. You're definitely starting him against a Green Bay secondary that just lost Aha Clinton Dix. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, though, Cordero Patterson was like their starting running back. 10 carries for 38 yards. He led the team in carries. Um, so weird. Sony Michelle might be back. Uh, obviously, you're starting Sony Michelle if he's back. Uh, but what do you do with the running no, back situation? You're starting. definitely starting James White. Are you desperate enough ever to start quarter passion? No, absolutely not. No. All right. All right. So we'll get that out of the way. Julian Edelman with a good game against the Bills last week. Nine receptions for 104 yards. He's completely back. He's the number one target. Edelman has eight red zone targets since returning. I think the guy to watch here is Josh Gordon. While his targets seem to be similar, nine seven six. If you look at his target shares, it's 25-20-13. So as the Pats have passed more, Josh Gordon has seen less work. So it's something to keep in mind. And rumors had it that he was late twice last week to practice. Um, they deny that, but we, we don't know. What about Rob Gronkowski? Three for 43. Now, the Bills, I'm fed if, up you watched, this uh, if you watch this game, though, the Bills made a concerted effort to double-team him. Uh, how long did the double-teams last? I mean, Rob Gronkowski has been, like, what is, he's probably not even a, a tight end one on the season anymore. Like, this dude, he hasn't even found the end zone since week one. It's crazy. I don't know what you're supposed to do with him because he's Rob Gronkowski. So, obviously, you play him, but this shit is super frustrating. He's a guy whose name has trade value. Yeah, I'm, I'd probably look to trade him. Not, not at the moment, I don't think. How you guys feel about his name James? is so big that people know he's struggling. How you guys feel about James Devlin? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If, uh, if yes. I was about to get pissed. Like, a fullback position, 
He may very well be right after Kyle uh, Ustrick. The number one fullback. FB one. No, Ustrick. Right after Ustrick. FB two. FB two. FB two. Maybe John Coon. <laughs> is John Coon even still playing? But John Coon. Fun fact: When we played in the standard fullback. league, Jason once started John Coon in the playoffs. Once. Melt my man, times. John Coon was my bye week fill, and he would score touchdowns. I'd get six. I'd be a happy man. Because we used to play. Another reason st- why standard. Sucks. We used to play no, but we used to play standard, and then twenty yards a point. Uh. I had no bonuses. Scoring, if you if you topped 100, it would be a... I remember when I was hyped when I used to start get yeah. over 100. Like, you get 100 yards and 12 catches, and you have five. <laughs> we were bugging when we played yeah, like that. That's terrible. That is really a terrible. A touchdown was worth so much. Crazy. One, yo, that's why John Coon was a great play. Want to yep. hear the worst story of a commissioner, commissioner, like, what is it, abuse of power? Uh, our friend Joe was the commissioner. <laughs> Quarterback, quarterback points were four points each. Uh, obviously, quarterback touchdowns are four points each. He we were we were a two quarterback league. He drafts Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, first two picks, and then after the draft changes, changes touchdowns to six points. <laughs> Safe to say, after that league, I he won the championship. I did not pay, and we created a new league with me as a commissioner the next year. Um, Titans at Cowboys is the next game. This one should not take too long because uh, there's not many playable people here. But uh, let's go over who you can play for the Titans. Um, is there anyone in this running back core you're trying to play? If I had to choose, Deion Lewis. But if I, I had to, I'm not feeling great. About I mean, it. I know Tim is starting Derrick Henry somewhere. I mean, again, I'm I'm on a bipocalypse. And <laughs> listen, the, like. The second, the, like the order of of people who are owned in the league went from Derrick Henry to Mostert to Kenyon Barner. Like I literally had no Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson. I, don't even I think honestly think back. I'd start Cordero Patterson over Derrick Henry. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, actually, I don't know. Is he even running back that. eligible? Probably uh, not. Probably not to yeah. So there you go. You know, I saw someone tweet. Imagine this. Like, what's it gonna take for? Because of Taysom Hill plays, what's going to take for Drew Brees to get wide receiver eligibility? <laughs> Imagine how that would change the game. That would change the game. Wow, if you got Drew Brees to wide receiver. You, you did only put up eight points last week. <laughs> so for wide receiver receivers, one. though, That's uh, true. Corey Davis has to go up against Byron Jones, who has been the best cornerback in the game so far this year. And the Cowboys' pass defense in general has been top five in the league, so... You another, can't start any another t- Titans Corey players. Davis yeah. dud coming soon, folks. I think that per huge. I was going to switch sides here. Uh, a lot of people are a little low on Zeke. He's had a few bad games in a row. Tennessee is twenty first in rushing yards allowed. Um, I mean that, that's not good. What I'm what I'm trying to say is people are low on him because I spoke too fast. People are low on him because he's had bad weeks. But Tennessee is twenty first in rushing yards allowed. And they haven't gone up against any premier running backs. The best running back they've played is LaShawn McCoy. So they've struggled against bad running backs. Bad with quotes because they're all NFL players. But Zeke is the first premier running back that they're going to face. So Zeke should eat this week. He's going to eat. What about Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott? Let's start with Amari Cooper. How are you feeling about him? If you're an Amari Cooper owner, are you confident putting him out there after the bye week? No. I didn't even rank him in my top 50. Really? I don't know how you can trust him. I'm confident. I think they're going to. So if I'm a Amari Cooper owner, I'm thinking this. You're coming off a bye week, so he had time to assimilate to the offense. Nope. You gave up a first-round pick for him. Nope. 
And there's no one else on the team that's getting targets. No. I have no problem starting Nobody this week. You're bugging. Knows. As what? A wide receiver three? I'll, I'll bet you guys that he finishes in the top 36. <laughs> Deal. Deal. 100%. Yeah, what the fuck? All right. Put it put it home. That's like one of the easiest you can't deals I've ever made. You can't start him this week, man. I think you can. It's coming after a bye week. Why it's on not? a brand new team. The Tennessee defense is pretty good. But they gave him a contract. And Dak hasn't been good. His numbers have looked better because he's running. He's Mitchell Trubisky 2.0. Nah, I don't agree with you. His numbers have been better because he's been running. I don't agree. I think he's a much better quarterback. It's just that there's no one open to throw to. He's a much better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. Yes, I'm not I, I think he's a much true. better quarterback than but Mitch Trubisky. I'm talking fantasy-wise. They're the same player at the moment. All their stats are mostly coming from the ground. Sure, but I'm talking about his ability to deliver the ball to a number one wide receiver, not his prospects. I'm not crazy about starting Dak. I would start. I would start. Uh, not this week. Is it that Amari. crazy to think that Amari Cooper could be a wide receiver three in Dallas? Absolutely not. But this week, the first week against Tennessee, I'm not doing it. Anyone else in the Cowboys you're interested in? Uh no, I'm not Jeff starting Swain. Beasley or Swaim or Gallup or none of those guys. Michael's so mad at me because I I have this fidgeting problem, and there's a batteries thing in front of me, and I keep doing like I keep going like that and undoing it. And he's like, "Yo, stop with the noise." Just make wait, wait to make him less angry. Tell us about it. <laughs> All right, guys, it's that time again. So I am. Go- we are going to answer some Twitter questions. I am going to as well. Hopefully, Michael doesn't talk to himself the whole time this time. To make sure, it's we're going to put on some music in the background as we answer the Twitter questions. Uh, shout out to Chill Hop, Chill Study Beats 2, instrumental and jazz hip-hop music. Ooh. So as we listen to that on YouTube, we're going to be answering questions. So Jason, Ooh. you coming in with the questions? Michael, Michael, oh, well, here we go. Michael's going for the, the elevator music. Three, two, one. Your questions begin now. Oh, oh yeah. Let's get Come down. on, give me the questions. Question one from Jordan at Jordan G. Riley. Is it worth keeping Kyle Rudolph, Thielen, and Diggs are dominating the Vikings receiving game? I think it is. Like it, It's a tight end. It, look, tight ends are at a premium. You need to keep your tight ends. He's still seeing the targets. He's just not seeing the production. He needs to get himself in the end zone. I think he does eventually. I'm holding on to him if I am a yeah. Unless you have a really like if you have a Jack Doyle, I would drop that you just Jack picked Doyle. up. Yeah, or if you have like a Vance McDonald, I, I like Vance McDonald too. So I'm going with them. Definitely depends on the tight ends. Trevor at Rhinosaur 17, best fantasy receiver on the Rams? Question mark. It has to be Robert Woods. I mean, I mean, it would have to be between Woods and Cup, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I agree. It's not Cooks. It's not Cooks. It I, has to be Woods. At this point, because of Cup's injury, it's like Woods, Woods. is a lock for seventy yards, no matter yeah. what, every week. I I like Cup's end, end zone. I mean, it's. I get what you're saying. They're all good. If you want someone like season long, it's probably Woods. If you want someone one week, it's probably Cup. Right. Cup has a higher ceiling. It seems like. I'd say so. I mean, uh, they're both. Mm. They're both. High end. Yeah. I prefer Cup, but I mean, it's, it's a toss up. Of course, he prefers Cup, and I prefer Woods. I mean, those are our guys. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah that's Cup's my guy. Peter Ciolis at PCOLIS asks Is Mark Ingram or Jalen Rashard the smarter start this week in half PPR? Mark Ingram. <laughs> Ingram, but I don't like either. I think, oh man, half PPR Ingram, full PPR Jalen. I'll bug him. Matt Ryan or Russ Wilson this week? We we I like Ryan. Jason likes. Russ. You like Russ. Russ by a Russ. by by a million. 
I like Ryan. I like Ryan Jake. It was Jake Healy at JH Soccer fourteen thirty nine. He said he also said is Allen Robinson worth being ro- rostered? Honestly, if there's a better player on the waiver wire, I wouldn't be against it. He's either injured or not producing at all. Listen, if I'm so. like a three and five team, uh, I have bye weeks. Traquan Smith is on the waiver wire, and I have um, Allen Robinson. Robinson. And you have no one else to drop. It's a consideration. I would. I, I think it's where your team's at. Is, does your team need a win? Does your team need a roster spot? If it does, I have no problem dropping him. But if you have a roster spot to burn, and you just kind of want to drop him for a guy that might do something as well, like no, keep him on your team. Don't be stupid. Brendan McAuliffe at Brendan MC underscore asked Dallas or KC defense. I'm going KC against Cleveland. Dallas has Tennessee, but Dallas. KC. Dallas doesn't really I'm get going, turnovers. Yeah, I'm going with Dallas, though, because those sacks are going to pile up. Don Maldo at Maldo Man asks, Devontae Parker worth an ad? Yes. Uh, I mean, if you saw our waiver rankings, he was on there. It's not. I wouldn't say it as adamantly like, as Tim did, but. Yeah. I, I think that he has a place sure. to stay in that offense from here on out. Mm. Samuel at Satchel 1300 says, kind of a weird question, but I've always wondered, is it collusion to tell somebody they have a player on fire injured? Where is the line? No. I mean... Is it what? Is it collusion to tell someone they have a player on buy or injured? No. Oh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I mean, because if you're in a competitive league and, like, someone... It's, like, Saturday at 10 a.m. And there's a guy who forgot someone in. I've never done it. I mean, I... But I'm glad when someone tells him. Like, for instance, the 9.30 London game. My brother Johnny was sleeping. So I called him and told him, change your lineup at like 925 because he still had Mel go in. Okay, that's not bad. Like, we're in a competitive league. I don't want him to not have a running back in the running back slot. Yeah, I was going to, like, I would rather, I know you want to win, but I'd rather lose against a team fielding an entire team than win against a team. Nah, I take that back. I, I would definitely <laughs> rather, rather win. win in all <laughs> circumstances, but, I mean, it's, it is a little cheaper when the person forgets someone. Logan Bierman at LBierman89 asks, Matt Stafford or Andy Dalton rest of way? I'd have to look at the schedules, but just off the top, I'd probably say Stafford. Stafford just because Dalton has had good matchups and just hasn't been great in them. I'd go Stafford. Neither are great. This is a new song. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's a new song. <laughs> this is our third song. So, we, I mean, we've had... <laughs> I mean, I have this exact scenario where I have Matt Stafford and Andy Dalton. I just dropped up fits. I just dropped Andy Dalton. Uh, I think both of them are considerable to drop if you need another quarterback. I'd prefer Fitz or Trubisky versus you. Agreed. Vic G at the Kid Vic asks, should I roster Doyle instead of Ebron? Yes. Yeah. Way yes. Yep. Hey, look who's coming King around. King Kickback. Hey, at- you can't. You can't. You can't fight the funk. At BVIC22, would you rather start Austin Eckler or Devontae Booker? Two Vicks in a row. Eckler has a higher ceiling. He gets more work. Actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going Eckler. Yeah. You you have Eckler and Booker back-to-back. Yeah, Eckler first. It's tough. I'm I going have, Eckler. I have Eckler quite a bit It's higher. a tough one. I think I'm, I think I lean Booker, but it's... Ah, I lean Eckler. I lean Eckler. Bobby. Eric Rose just dropped 50 points. Old school kid. Uh, that needs to be announced. Even Bobby Cryant at Mark Hamlin hey, look, one. Just in time for a basketball name. Says, 
Jordan Howard and DT for Brandon Cooks. Uh, I'm for sure doing that trade if I oh, need a receiver. Yep. The, the side that's receiving Brandon Cooks is the side that you want. Agreed. He also asked Alex Smith and Jordan Howard for Jared Goff. That seems like a strange question because we don't know the quarterbacks available on the wire, but yeah. I'm not one to trade for quarterbacks. I don't trade for quarterbacks, but like, I don't know. If the best options on your wire are Osweiler and stuff and you need a quarterback week in and week out, I guess you could do worse. Return of the Pleb at CR Brown I3. So I'm in a 2QB league. I have Luck Mayfield. Jameis had to pick up Fitzmagic. He dropped Jameis for Fitzmagic. Should I make a trade for a QB2 or rely on Fitz? I mean, if you have Luck, Mayfield, and Fitz, you're set. Yeah. Yeah. Fitz magic, bro. Trey, at Trey Isaac 94 says, do I bench Breeze on the road? If I'm not mistaken, Drew Breeze is Drew at Breeze home. Drew Breeze is at home in a great match against the Rams. In a Rams, great so matchup. Do not sit uh, Drew Don't Breeze. sit him. Yeah. There's Drew Brees has there. not been the guy that you expect him to be, but he is still fantasy viable, especially at home, especially against high-powered offenses. Because he's he plays to his opponents. That whole team plays to their opponents. One of the reasons why they're so successful is because they're like the Patriots where they change their game plan around. Um, so, yeah, do it. Moving on to the next question. Ryan Larkey at Ryan Larkey asks, Doug Baldwin, Chris Thompson, Jordan Howard, half PPR, need two of them. Say Jordan Howard off the bat for sure. One more time. Can you yeah, I, I didn't hear you. Doug Baldwin, Chris Thompson, Jordan Howard. Pick two, half PPR. Jordan Howard has to be Howard there. is one of them. Howard and Thompson. I probably Thompson go is such a good matchup. He's such a good matchup. If he's playing, he's playing. If he's playing, he's in my lineup. But I'm not trusting him. Probably go Baldwin. We got the last one, folks. Big young little scrimp. I like your name, guy. At hops underscore MT says Goff or Stafford. This is an easy one. Jared Goff. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from someone who is starting Matt Stafford in the league this year. Yeah. This week. That's That'll be it, folks. Those are your Twitter questions. Thank you for asking them. It's fun answering the questions. We don't we don't look at the questions until the show starts. Yep. So Well, until right before we answer them, actually. So. So that's it for us. If you need anything else from us, oh, BrotoFantasy.com is always available, but only if you like winning. Uh, Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason. At Jason Patrop. And if you want to find me, it's Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. What happened? No friskies? Whoa, what the hell, guys? Dropping the ball. I know it's oh, late, no. but damn. Oh, no. I was, making, I was checking. No. Out. Do it again. Do it again. No, you lost your chance. <laughs> uh, BrotoFantasy.com for everything you need. Don't forget, at BrotoFantasy on Twitter, we live tweet every single touchdown that goes down. Also, we let you know if a big player gets injured. Uh, whatever we can, we could tell you, uh, we will tell you, and we will do it quick. We also rapid reactions every Sunday morning, Saturday. The questions that you guys just asked, we will be answering all kinds of questions just like that on Twitter. We make sure to get to everyone. So uh, do that. And until next time, uh, adios. Later. Peace.